The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, all right. right. Who's going to give when me a you, uh... pour this morning? Sam? Brian? What? All right. Brian's the official pour. Or I'm the official pour. Let's rock and roll. Oh, you are, huh? 17% Grenache Day. <laughs> All right. A Grenache Day pour. Right. Please. There you are. Perfect. Well, happy Grenache Day, everybody. Yeah. Welcome, whoop, whoop, whoop. Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers with special guest Chris Cherry today, Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey on Bart Hansen's birthday. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Wow. Hey, there you go. Another walk around the sun, huh? Yeah, and it's nice that, you know, Grenache Day took that into consideration for me. <laughs> Weren't they nice? <laughs> uh, and shout out to Bart's mom. For and her. shout out to my mom. There Just, you go. Because you know what? Because she's listening. She's listening. Well, that's a good thing, man. Well done, Mrs. Hansen. And welcome to, uh, you know, absolutely the biggest Grenache celebration that we could possibly put together. You're sold out for Sunday with Catherine Russell. I mean, it started, we did this uh, uh, Roan Rangers webinar last night, which had a good show up, you know, people showing up. It was six. No, there was like 50 plus people in the on the Zoom. <laughs> Chris is cherry. Chris fired up. And welcome to the mic. This is the Hospice to Roan v. Roan Rangers here. Uh, <laughs> Smackdown. Uh, and, you know, it went Facebook Live and YouTube. It was a great, great conversation. I want to drink some other. I want to. Um, I, I'm not going to say her last name because I'll fuck it up. Sonia? Sonia's yeah. wine from. Uh, she's got a tasting room down in uh, in yeah, Los Alamos. Los Alamos, Lost Almost. Lost Almost, and um, it's lost somewhere between Santa Maria and Santa Barbara. Um, and that wine sounded great. And she's a podcast fan, so uh, shout out to Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. Yeah, she's, she does some really great stuff. Yeah, so uh, it was good. And then and then obviously today we're celebrating Grenache Day with uh, Mr. Maha himself, Chris oh, Cherry. Thank you. Uh, and and then tonight, uh, invite only. If you're not invited, don't come. Yeah, or call us. <laughs> or call and so you get invited. <laughs> Super exclusive uh, at at the Girl in the Fig, and then Saturday night secret location Girl in the Fig dinner. Ooh. Uh, and with the hot with hospice around. Oh, it is sold out. Okay. Wow. Really? Everything's Everything sold, sold out. Everything's sold out. Uh, sold out Sunday night. Shows up beautiful picture today and in index Friday's index review and it's like thanks guys yeah seriously they're <laughs> way it. ahead nailed man. it <laughs> well they're happy you sold it out uh, every, that's a good thing you were sold out a week before the event yeah it was um, you know this the Bill Graham saying that there's no such thing as a sellout um, but at some point like this week I was just like watching because we were selling tickets on Eventbrite and on. Uh, our website through you know through our sales system and i was like watching both numbers sort of climb and then when they both added up to more than our capacity i was like oh give it another couple hours and then maybe you know sort of throw this back throttle this back a little bit but 
you know, if you want to come, call Brian. He'll let you in. <laughs> you can have my ticket. I'm still getting texts and phone calls. And I said, sorry, it doesn't matter who you are. I am told no more tickets available. So. Uh, well, somebody, uh, I think he's a podcast listener, Seth Oyer, wine club member, firefighter, yeah. uh, Bart's neighbor. Uh, they can't come. I refunded them four tickets. So if you go right now. Well, if you're listening to this next week, you're screwed. You can go to Eventbrite and get a couple more. There's a couple more available on Eventbrite. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be – it's a weekend. Maybe the guy on the other side of that fence there, he heard that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's Leaf blowing one. on the other Maybe. side of the fence. So I, my first question is, Chris, is do you know Bob Maha? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know Bob Maha. Okay. Who's Bob Maha? He's a water ski maker. Oh, Ma I know who Maha Maharaja, skis. Yeah. Maharaja water skis. So Maha is in, we call it Maha, Mr. Maha. I think that's going to be my new grand handle. I think it should be. I that's like pretty that. good. Yeah. 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 Um, that one's free. Was the name of the folks that used to live on the property prior to us acquiring it. Okay, cool. And we always called it the Maha. Yeah. And then um, Googling, digging a little bit further in, we found out that in Sanskrit, Maha means great or a higher place. Okay. So like the Maharajas, the sure. high the high person, the high king, high right. queen. Well that would that would explain the Maharaja it's probably not politically correct anymore, but the Maharaja emblem for the water skis was um, you know, a, a, a Maha a Maharaja and it just it was a character, right? It was right. like this right. thing. So and I think that was, M, was that M A H A or M A J A? M A H A. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maha so, skis, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I am familiar, yeah. but I don't know Bob Maha. Anyway, just had to ask. <laughs> he, he too could be a Mr. Maha. Well, welcome to town. Hey, thank you so much. You're up from Paso? We're up from Paso, yeah. We, um, we're up for the uh, CCOF Organic uh, anniversary party here in Petaluma. Nice. Today. Well, and then, hi, Curry. Uh, Curry's here. And, and Curry Sam, wants on the radio. Sam and I have been, been trying, we've been talking about this for like three or four years, and... Uh, the, the last time I had to take a, a flag, fly, fly, flag off, flag out, fire out. Um, you flaked so on us. I flaked That's what on it was. you. And then it this, wasn't totally last minute, but it was close. It was close. And then <laughs> um, I had to get my back waxed. Um, but this, I, uh, the, the totally stars aligned. Empathize. <laughs> <laughs> It's just no, the, the, the visual stars, on both of those. The, just, the stars aligning for A, the 50th anniversary. Is it the 50th anniversary? It's even so better. It's 50th anniversary of CCOF. CCOF. And if you're not familiar with CCOF, that's California Certified Organic Farmers. That's like the original organic certifying body on the planet, maybe. Oh, wow. At least in the country. Um, you know, and this was, uh, you know, this was Amigo Bob and Bob Kennard. My dad was an you know, early member. So that's amazing. Uh, that happening on Grenache Day. Getting you up here for it all. Yeah, that's um, the new moon. I don't know if anybody cares. Uh, oh, but I it's the new moon. It's the new moon. Yeah, new moon tonight. Stars uh, have been amazing the last. So, wait, are we so, racking barrels? So racking barrels. <laughs> Tonight's your night. You Tonight's rack, a, today's your day. You rack, your rack on the new moon. Yeah, most gravitational pull. Yeah, uh, holds the leaves oh. down. Trippy man. So that's the uh, the strongest waning portion. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah, I like that. I do too. And you have to be half naked. Or maybe all naked. Oh, I think all naked. Yeah, I guess it all depends on uh, what time of day it is and who else is in the cellar or right. not. Yeah, or not in the cellar. Yeah, we'll turn the heat up too. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably. That's probably a good idea, just in case somebody shows up. <laughs> um, a, 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 
a funny shout out to MJ, another Grenache enthusiast. Grenache head. Um, Grenache head. Um, MJ he had, Toller? Yeah. He had someone on his podcast one time and they said it was CCOF and I think he asked, you know, do you know what CCOF is? And the person didn't know what it stood for. <laughs> He's really brought a lot of uh, great conversations uh, to the Rhone Arena and to the wine oh. arena in general. He's got a great vibe. I did something with him a few months back and it's no bullshit. Lots of fun. He's, he's knowledgeable. He's educated. He's into, he loves Grenache. I mean, he's all over Grenache. Well, and you flaking on us the first time meant that MJ scooped us and had you on his podcast before we could get you. I know. Not that there's a rivalry there, but um, of this court, there's a rivalry there. Love you, MJ. Happy Grenache Day, man. It's, it's friendly. <laughs> it's friendly. Beyond friendly. No, we, you know, we, we've... we uh, He's he's totally doing a great thing and bringing great... Con not just in the Rones, but, um, you know, the guests that he gets from, you know... I, I go back to the J.J. Reddick one. That'd be my all-time. Yeah. But the chefs, the restaurant people, the wine people. Yeah. Um, the, he His most recent one, he has uh, a guy who worked uh, very large wineries on the sales side. Mm. And it's, I really recommend people listening to it because if you want to, we had that conversation with Glenn Proctor that time about like bulk wine. Right. Well, this is about bulk wine when it's already this a bottle. This is the other end of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and margins and talking about how wines get dumped and stuff. So, uh, very, very good to check out. Chris, how is the growing season going down in Paso <clears throat> right now? Well, I think we're probably tracking like most of California, uh, things are, are behind, um, but it, it's it's funny that I've now been doing this over 20 years. So 2010 prior, we didn't really look at red fruit and picking red fruit until October 1st. And then, you know, we had those series of droughts moving forward up until this point in time. And, um, you know, now if you're not picking Syrah, like the first week in September, the sky is going to fall and everything's going to be, you know, it's never going to happen. But the other thing that's interesting about this is it was, it, it's such a chicken little game, right? Like it's never going to get ripe or it's done. Oh my God, it's, it's melting. Right, it's, it's melting. Done. It's shutting down. Um, but I think we're, we're tracking about three weeks behind, um, which is probably where you are. Uh, three weeks to a month, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time last year, we were probably 65% in. Uh, and this year? We don't have a, not a berry. Yeah. He's, <laughs> hanging, he's hanging out with us. <laughs> Winemakers are hanging out with us on September 15th in Sonoma. Yeah. Because well, ain't shit to do. <laughs> that means maybe October 15th what what or uh, mid-October. What's it going to be like then? Because well, it's harvest I mean, and we've got... Bedlam. We've got Absol yeah. Absolute bedlam. Yeah. It's, because... It's gonna, everything's going to come at once. That's my... I've talked to once. a couple of people that, you know, Cabernet is tracking ahead of varieties it shouldn't be. Like, like Zinfandel. Right, like Zinfandel. Yeah, Zin's so, weird. Yeah. Same, same so, in Paso. Yeah, so Zin's behind, Cab's ahead. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's and, cool. you know, this is rent your tank truck now so that you have extra... extra fermentation space parked in the parking lot kind of situation, you know, well, like it was in 18, but that was just because there was too much. This year, it's just going to be because it all shows up on the same week. Well, right? we'll, we'll see, right? And I think I think the um, one of the biggest thank yous and shout outs is probably last year for you as well. The farm labor that was picking fruit, 
they make hay while the sun, whatever that saying is. Right. Uh, and our our farm labor contractor, uh, Juan Navarez, their their team picked a month's worth of fruit in like 12 days. Uh, because they understand once the fruit off, fruit's off the vine, we don't have any work to do. It means we can go to Mexico earlier, enjoy Christmas earlier. Um, so I think that's really awesome. You know, there, there are people in this part of the country, parts of the country, not this part of the country, that um, get a little bent out of shape about, um, you know, our, our folks that are from Mexico that are up here really making all of agriculture happen. Everything that you um, eat or drink. Yeah. It comes from any farm. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's always so fascinating. And I'm always like, well, you mean the folks that are here making a living or are you talking about the rapists and felons? He's like, well, of course it's the rapists and felons. You know, we need to do something about our borders. I'm like, sure, but come on, guy. I, I was at a dinner one time with a guy who I used to work with at Kenwood. And the, this discussion kind of came up, was like, oh, those those Hispanics taking all this stuff. And he goes, really? He goes, you feel that way? He goes, yeah, he goes, I do. And he got up and he took the guy's plate from him. He took all the silverware, he took the glasses, he took the wine, he took everything and set it aside, took it away from the guy. He says, enjoy your dinner. You know, and his whole point was like, really? This none is, of that is on, none of that is on of your you. table without it. So, you know, good luck to you. Um, so. Let's just be human. Right. Let's just be human. Not to like down this one even downer, but this is the week that I don't know if you saw the news come through that some federal judge again declared uh, DACA and Dreamers uh, illegal. Uh, yeah. And, we're, you know, not only now you're talking about these people who are working their ass off to be here and to get here and to, going to college and they're talking about your their kids right. and blaming their kids for, you know, the sins of the father, whether they were sins or not. Um, and they're, you know, our neighbors, our friends, the yeah, kids that our they're... kids are going to school with. Um, so yeah, your winery. Fuck that point of view. <laughs> yeah. Um, happy Grenache Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam, for that upbeat update. Yay, let's drink Grenache. Let's drink. Well, hey, people that don't know Chris Cherry. I mean, we all kind of do because we've been hanging out down in Paso, going to hospice, and um, tell us who the fuck you are. <laughs> wow. Um, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Well. And where did you come from? Where yeah. did I come from? What planet? <laughs> <laughs> Many ask that. Well, we all, I think we all crossed paths down in Paso almost 20 years ago. So uh, I grew up in a restaurant uh, outside of Vail, Colorado in a little town called Minturn. And then uh, went to school in San Diego. My parents followed me out, bought a restaurant there, um, met my wife, Joanne. And then when we started having kids, San Diego was getting a little crowded for us. Uh, we were into wine. I have some family history on the Central Coast as Swiss Italian dairy folks. And we, you know, it was, it was when Parker was talking about Justin Vineyards and, and bringing Benito Ducey's Vineyard into play and, you know, talking about Paso being the next Napa, which, you know, is never going to happen because it's three hours from a metropolitan area, for better and worse. And so we, we moved to Paso for a, qual a better quality of life uh, to raise our two kids. And meeting growers and winemakers there got, um, you know, further 
ignited the the wine bug. So I I we started our first our first vintage was in two thousand one. Um, and people are like, well, where did you work? I'm like, well, I came to this from tasting wine, buying wine, drinking wine, selling wine. Um, I grew up in the restaurant. I'm not a chef, but I can cook pretty well. I can build flavors and I have the good sense to know, start with the best ingredients possible and then just get out of the way. So uh, we all met at Hospice Daron back in the late 90s. You quite weren't quite there yeah, yet, I was, Sam. Uh, uh, um, I was still in high school. You were still in high school, <laughs> but you know, that, that was, and, and we were so fortunate because Via Creek restaurant at that time, it was ground zero for HDR. I mean, that was the three best days of the year. You couldn't fall down in that bar and it was, you know, who was there, you know, Chester Osborne. But people was, tried. <laughs> oh, they did. You know, champagne margaritas and rones, you know, it was Chester Osborne. It was John Alban, you know, it was, it was Bob Lindquist, Justin Smith. You know, and then all the Frenchies were in town, VR, Guyard, right. Gangloff. I mean, it got to the point where the uh, the first, those guys would roll into Paso and just come in the back door. I would let whoever know it was at the restaurant, like three French guys are gonna walk in the back door and ask for margaritas, just make them. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think some of, not, I don't, I, absolutely some of the best wine relations that I have are all around the world, and it all came out of Hospice Daron. 100%. You know, Louis Barul, uh, Chester Osborne, Dave Powell, you know, these these characters in the world of wine. Um, and I think that's really great. And now we're 20 years down the road. We've got our own estate vineyard, Maha Estate, Western Hills of Paso. Um, we're carrying through our food concept uh, with organics and carrying that into farming practices and wine. And, you know, it's, I was chatting with Justin Smith and Matt Trevison the other day, like we're not the young guys anymore, but we're definitely not the old guard. Right. Uh, and there's all kinds of great folks coming up. Uh, and I, I'm just flattered to be uh, in this space now. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of work. And, um, I'm, I'm also flattered by so many folks that are like, you know, Via Creek Restaurant was one of the five best things that happened to Paso. I mean, the people that I met, the people that I introduced other people to um, was really great. I mean, you know, how many times during Hospice to Run, you look down the end of the bar, Eric Cadena slinging cocktails, John Lancaster and John Perkins, Rob Perkins are, <laughs> are kind of holding each other up with a cocktail on each hand and and champagne in the other. I mean, it, it's just such a wonderful uh, organization, camaraderie of, of uh, folks in the in the Rhone space. It's uh, what I love about Paso Robles is that, I mean, Paso was a little small town, really. You know, I mean, there was not much there. Um, the wine industry started to take off, and it's developed into what it is, right? But it was so easy, like what a great place to get a start. One, the community was behind it. It's, you know, in Sonoma now, they actually go, oh great, another winery. 
and you guys aren't there yet. Like you can get a piece of property that's got a barn on it and you can pretty much start a winery there. You couldn't do that here anymore. And so it's still in this great like positiveness and growth and no wonder there's a bunch of young people coming in that are gonna learn from you guys and then take it their own way. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's changing pretty quickly. I'm sure it is. You know, we, we couldn't we couldn't buy property there now. Right. Um, and the, there are some challenges within county bureaucracy that are making things, you know, difficult. I, I'm sure we're not as stringent. But that's newer also, right? right? Yeah. yeah. We're not as stringent as, as Napa County and Sonoma County. But uh, it's, still a, it's still a great place to be. It's still pretty progressive, you know. You can grow Pinot there. I don't think it's the best Pinot, but obviously the Rhones do great. Um, the Italian varieties do well. The big boys are are putting their stamp on Cabernet, and yeah. and you know, I mean, sure, it, it does cab fine, right. but uh, those limestone soils, that coastal proximity, uh, it really is conducive to um, those Spanish and Southern Rhone. But is that varieties. an East Side West Side thing? The like, Cabernet like or the, the, well, the soil? Uh, the soil. Well, the, well, the soil, but also Cabernet. Like, I mean, the Rhone, people aren't trying to plant Cabernet where they should be planting Rhones, or is that happening also? Well, it, I guess it depends on uh, your last name, right? Okay. <laughs> Four enough, letter last names, six enough, letter last names. Said, yeah. um, <laughs> and with, with uh, the various uh, planting moratoriums on the east side, a lot of those guys are coming over to the west side and planting cab. Okay. I didn't um, know there was moratoriums on the east side. Yeah. Somewhere. So there's some water issues, blah, oh. blah, blah. And th that can be challenging. I don't know if um, six by three spacing uh, on the west side of Paso that doesn't have great water is a sustainable model. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's going to be sustainable until it's not. How bad are these water problems and what's this problem source? Well, I think the on the east side, the east side sits on the Salinas River Aquifer, which is, I think, the fifth largest aquifer in the Northern Hemisphere. And for years, uh, you would speak to growers that could punch a well at 300 feet and hit 1,000 gallons a minute. As cool. you go over to the west side, those that's not, that's not the case. These are water tables that are replenished by winter rains. Uh, the beauty of the west side is that limestone soil absorbs much of that winter rain and then doses it back to the plant um, during the growing season. As the east side of Paso has continued to expand um, more kind of on the industrial side of things, uh, water has become an issue. But the other thing is is salts. You know, they're not they're not giving the soil, you could probably speak to this a little better than I, enough time for those salts to leach out. Um, you know, so they, they're dealing with salty water. Um, and I don't think that that's always great for grapes. Right. I mean, that's kind of like life. south part of Sonoma with the water table with the right, but the in bay this, and, yeah, the, it makes sense to me in the south of right, but not there, but not out there right. that it's like where are they sucking that salt from. I, I, think, I think it's just that constant rotation of yeah. it's just, pull, pulling the water, dropping it down. You know, you've got all kinds of different fertigation I think, happening. I think it's coming from the shit that they're putting out there. Well, right. that's exactly right. Those, right. those fertilizers, those things, you know, it's let's face it. The majority of it is not being farmed organically or sustainable. Right. It's being farmed, you know, conventionally. Yeah. It's um, the industrial wine machine. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, do better job, people. Yeah. 
please yeah. <laughs> yeah for the soil for your grapes for your wine uh, yeah for for humani- us for humanity so, well, if, the, if the soil goes away we're fucked yeah <laughs> i mean, I mean there, are, uh, there are countless examples around the planet yeah well, you go back to you know ancient history in high school where the romans defeat the you know the what is it the the Carthage Wars, and they, uh, you know, it's like basically Tunisia. It's like the Romans against the North Africans. And when the Romans vanquish the city of Carthage, they salt the farmland on their way out to like make sure that they win this these wars. The Pope, I can't even remember. I clearly didn't pay enough attention. I, that, I remembered that part, which was like it's fascinating. You want to kill a a, a society? Salt the farmland. And we're doing it now. We just do it to ourselves. Hey, Bart, I finally uh, did see Kiss the Ground on Netflix. What a great show. I mean, if you have if you folks haven't seen the movie or the documentary Kiss the Ground, I mean, it's exactly this. It's, you know, what is industrial farming done, you know, across the United States, across the world? It's fantastic. And the thing I love about that is the uh, the corn and soybean grower in in the Midwest who, you know, is not. Uh, a fruits and nuts California type grower. He's he's like from there, and he's laying out. Here's my fence line. Here's all of our stuff. Here's my neighbor, and and he's got credibility amongst his peer group, and they're starting to go, oh, wait a second. I can save money on all this fertilizer. I can just do it with natural product. Right. You know whether it's it's uh, crimping and seeding. I mean th- that guy is fantastic and 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 then i love when he says he says yeah the only thing living on this piece of property is are the weeds that have mutated to uh that are roundup resistant yeah just (laughs) (laughs) well and then i went on youtube and i saw some reactions from farmers to this and they were again midwestern farmers and they were saying well you know we didn't like so much that you know woody harrelson you know these hollywood stars were narrating but they had some great ideas and you know here's here's what i do and here's what i think and you know it really came out exactly like you said these people are understanding that there is a better and different way yeah we're, we're kind of looking back to move forward and on the youtube thing excuse me uh patagonia's got a great 25 minute short movie all on regenerative agriculture before the whole roc started and it's uh, it's someone in the midwest doing perennial grasses there's a buffalo farmer there's uh some salmon fisher fishermen you know going back to how the the eskimos farm not farmed but caught salmon with with minimal bycatch and that all that thing and that's really you know we're looking back to move forward as opposed to you know the pet you got to get on this product this product's fantastic right it'll save you money you don't have to work as hard i mean Mm. who works harder than a farmer i mean mother nature is a fickle partner yeah yeah i mean there were days where every every farmer wore a hat from a chemical company and it's kind of moved away from that thank god well but i mean i'm sure it still happens but at least in our business like yeah nobody's nobody's walking in you know iowa and illinois the decalb hats are the big ones you know decalb corn right the other thing that's interesting is i pulled up to button willow which is you know they're the chemical supplier to organic 
producers and conventional producers and it says crop protection and i'm like thinking about that i'm like crop protection i'm like wouldn't it be better if it just said crop enhancement but no sam if you don't use this product you're going to lose your crop you're going to lose the farm you're going to lose your right. family bank's going to take it i mean fear sells right as opposed to i've got a product that will save you money grow you better product make you more money well, how do you want to go this? How do you want to do this? Crop yeah. enhancement. And it's not the 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 best organic farming, regenerative farming. It's not crops that, you know, the crops get enhanced. It's soil enhancement. Right. It's soil building. If you want to protect something, protect the soil. You know, soil protectant. Uh, <laughs> fucking cover crop. But maybe we could sell more cover crop if we called it soil protectant. Right. Um, I mean, that's what... Um, you know, every good organic farm, whether it's, uh, you know, carrots and turnips or, you know, fantastic 2013 grenache, which I want to talk about next. It's about building up the soil and um, leaving the, you know, this is like shit that you learn in kindergarten. You leave a place better than you found it. Right. You leave that soil better than you found it as you're farming and what you're growing there is going to be better than than not every single time. It's like borrowing someone's car. When you borrow someone's car and return it empty and dirty, right. only Smelling once. like weed smoke on the inside. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't. I, <laughs> Sorry, mom. I thought, the, I thought the sunroof was open and I, I punched punched a hole <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the headliner with that big fatty. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, um, Chris this, Cherry, tell us this, about this 2013. Well, I thought I'd pull something now out of the, out of, out of the, vault this is uh 13 garnacha this 100 percent grenache this is all from denner vineyard um and back then denner was farming sustainably uh probably a little bit around up but they're no they've been away from that for quite some time i think anybody that's worth their salt so to speak is um <laughs> is is away from uh the herbicides but uh it's showing all right you know 13 was a warm vintage uh it's definitely kind of transitioned into its savory secondary profile. It's not well, it, super primary. It's got this like, um, you know, this is, a, a, I'm gonna steal a note out of Brian's um, taste notes, tasting notes book, um, like a raspberry framboise thing Ooh, going on yeah. sort of in the meat yeah. palette, which um, is, is usually something that shows up in like Zinfandel. I don't think, I'm not saying this is Zinfandel-like, hmm. um, but it's way, more subtle fruit flavors than um, certainly young Grenache and and um, you know doesn't speak to um, the criticisms that you know sometimes come up with with Paso and, and it's not you guys but um, that they're big hot wines this is not a big hot wine um, super super elegant and, and subtle and, and delicious and you know at 10 years um Doing all right. It's hitting its sweet spot, I think. Yeah, it's doing great. It, it, it's one of those things you like, how long will this wine last? I'm like, I don't know until it doesn't. I don't know. Like, it depends on how you like uh, it. Probably another 45 minutes. minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got three bottles. So. Okay. I like the uh, um, taglines on the bottom. Terroir, texture, and taste. Yeah, thanks. Beautiful. Um, I, yeah, what I really like about the wine is the savior, savoriness. Savoriness? Oh. It just makes my mouth yeah. water. You know, and it, it's interesting. It was probably 2010-ish, maybe a little earlier than that. 
Um, it was hospice to Rhone. It was a seminar with Louis Barul from St. Combe and Gigandas and uh, Dave Powell from Torbreck. A couple characters, opposite ends of the pendulum, but uh, Louis was presenting his uh, single vineyard, um, Gigandas's Le Clau, Le Post. Which was a wine that you could get. Oh, those wines have gotten so fucking expensive. And now it's like one of the like hottest, you know, it was like a top wine, you know, wine spectator, top yeah. 10 wine in the world. It's like James yeah, Molesworth got really switched on to Louis. Yeah, okay. And I, I really wish James tasted California Rhones because he would get it. Uh, I, I don't know. There are many great reviewers in the area, but when he started blowing up saying calm, that was like fantastic. But what Louis I said- James and Louis getting along really well. Actually. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. A couple cerebral cats. Yeah. Listening um, to jazz and- you know, But all, all those wines were 100% whole cluster and that had me go, hmm, maybe we could make that work here. Uh, I, was, I was kind of veering away from a flavor profile of Grenache being all destemmed. I was veering away from Australian Grenache, uh, Derenberg, uh, Custodian, which was the light bulb Grenache for me uh, that came out of Hospice de Rhone. And, and I, I delved into Spain, but had not yet gotten into Priorat, you know, and those like the Borsal for seven, eight bucks was pretty, pretty amazing wine. And then I started getting into Chateauneuf and I like love the spice, love that whole cluster component, the aromatic, the, the, the tension, the tannin. And right around 2010, we started playing with whole cluster and 13 was probably, this wine's probably 60, 70% stems. Um, and you know, as, as the Maha came online, uh, we were doing all D-stem because it was young fruit and it wasn't quite working. It was acid and tannin. Hmm. But now it was, as it's 10 plus years in, we're starting to go back to stems. Cause hmm. I, I, I love the aromatic. Do you yeah. find that the, the vine age, as the vines get older, the stems lignify earlier? I, I think that's, I, I don't know. I think that's based more on the vintage. But what I do know is starting about 2020, the vines went from being these kind of hostile teenagers that just wanted to sucker punch you to, you know, at, at least interesting concept. At least shaking your hand and then looking at their phone. And, right. right, right, and then looking away. Right, what I was and I, I got to go, mom. Well, what, let's talk uh, comparative um, uh, terroir for a second. We're drinking hundred percent Grenache here from Paso. If we have 100% Grenache here from Sonoma, what are the flavor notes going to be different? How how so? Based on, on simple geography or soil Sounds. and everything. You know, um, the thing that, that I taste in Sonoma Grenache, you know, the Rossi Ranch has its really very specific spice box signature of, of um, you know, five spice and, and star anise clove. Um, you know, this one again is challenging in a good way. Some of my preconceived notions of, of Paso, Paso Grenache, uh, maybe it's the age. Um, it's, it's much more restrained and, um, uh, subtle. I, I, and again, maybe this is just what I've had. Um, 
but you know, and I, I love him and I love his wines. Um, much more elegant than like a Saxon. Nice pour. I mean, it, it's <sighs> really you. interesting because I mean, this, this wine is not shy on alcohol. And, you know, I always try not to look at the alcohol because I know that when you know what it is coming in, you you're looking right, for you it. Right. It, yeah. And 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 this wine like shows no evidence at all. What is it, like, by the way? It's, it's, say 15 it, it, it's like this. Yeah, I think it's 15 two. And it's probably a true 15 two. Right. Because um, why hide it at that point? Um, you know, I mean, so so to me, it's it's seamless in that way. And I think, Sam, when we think of, quote unquote, Paso um wines the alcohol mm. kind of shows where this it's integrated in and i and and i i've made wines that sometimes the the alcohol it just it's it's seamless it's part of the wine and sometimes it stands out yeah. and and i wonder if that's what you're doing in the cellar sometimes well i think you know a wine and the vintage yeah the vintage. a wine that doesn't hold its alcohol is you know like we've had seventeen percent alcohol wines that carry their booze, right? That's and what we've I mean. had twelve and a half percent alcohol it has wines that to do are hot. With the percentage, yeah, right. it's, it yeah, is so. irrelevant. It's like wow, that wine's a little hot. What is that like fifteen? No, yeah, it's thirteen. Like right. it's still hot, right? Yeah. And so therefore, is it come from where the grapes are grown? You know, or is it come from like how in in your when you're working the skins? Like, are you not doing enough maybe at, for that alcohol? I, I mean, it's it's all kind of theoretical, but. And I, you know, I wonder. I think the the whole cluster element might add to that sort of balance and integration. Well, you know, it was probably about two thousand eight or nine where we kind of got over um, bottling sixteen percent alcohol wines with a few grams of sugar. Those wines came out of the shoot great, but it wasn't yeah, an if; it was a when situation. So, you know, if if we need to to water something back, we'll water it back. Um, in the vineyard, we're making our picks on flavor, tannin, and acid. And if the t tannins haven't developed, you know, let's say, just say if the, if the tannins develop at 25, 26 bricks, great. If they develop at 27, 28 bricks, that's fine too. Particularly with Grenache, right? But, yeah. We'll, we'll add a little water back. I'm not, I want to make a better wine. And I think all of us have the consumer's best intention in mind we're going to make the best wine possible for the vintage um whether it's an easy vintage or a hard vintage and paso <clears throat> you know we're we're a very solar environment i mean we're 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 like the south of france we're like parts of of spain we can do more of more easily uh you know and i've been on this you know i'm really working on moving forward with with elegance and just let's let's dial it back a little bit you know, you want you want a a cheeseburger with fries? Yeah. How about a endive salad with blue cheese? Oh, I don't want that. Give me the cheeseburger and fries. I mean, all of those things have their place. Can I, can I have yeah. both? Uh, <laughs> that sounds like lunch. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that's one thing that we've been working on of late is just just pulling it back a little bit. Um, I'm pouring these gentlemen the twenty one. Garnacha. I was totally savoring that thirteen. I'm gonna come back. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was I was trying to hide my glass of thirteen. Fine. But I'm There's excited. More. We can get you another I'm, glass. I'm, I'm excited to try the twenty one because twenty one um, is a great vintage. I was just talking on the the Roan Rangers thing last night. I poured twenty one uh, Adutet Rose 
and my description of it because it's just like it's just lovely and and subtle line relaxed is that you know after 2020 you know humans plants animals the world i think we all kind of like breathed a little like relaxation Uh. sigh of relief a little bit i mean you know certainly whatever the covid wasn't necessarily over in 21 but as far as like the world we all kind of just like settled and relaxed and the the tension and crisis brain of 21 sort of eased and uh, of 20 and and into 21 they're just subtle relaxed lovely wines so i'm excited to try this yeah i'm i'm pleased with this this is uh this is the first garnacha that's all maha fruit um and And labeled as garnacha yeah grenache no we've been it's been grenache it's been garnacha from day one okay and that was basically just a tip of the hat to the origin of the grape uh we're not making uh it in a spanish style we we are inspired by spain he doesn't care no yeah cool um we're inspired by spain and the south of france and and sardinia you know wherever wherever sonoma wherever great grenache is grown i mean some of those old these old vines up here yeah but the the tension on this is crazy yeah is this 100% Grenache? 100% Grenache. Yeah, I mean... It's got about 20, 25% new wood. You know, traveling in Spain... Big barrel or small barrel on the new barrels? Uh, it's an interesting question. It's predominantly barrique. Uh, Meaning your, your average 225 right. milliliter barrel. Historically, I was a 500 liter barrel person for Grenache. But as the Maha came on, younger vines, lots of tension, lots of acid and tannin. Um, now we're just starting to put Grenache off that property back into Punchin because it's starting to relax. You know, it's it's not interesting. Yeah, it's not so angsty. Right. Have you done a lot of traveling in Spain? Not enough. The, uh, just bar- Spain, Barcelona, yeah. Priorat. The, the Grenache there is, you know, not expensive and it's really good. It's really great. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, and all, all over. Everybody's got one. Yeah. And, pr- whether, you, whether you're in Priorat, Tarragona, whether you're north of Madrid in the Gredinos Mountains where, you know, Danny Landy's playing, you know, then you get up into, into Rioja and Ribera, you know, people think of that as temp country which it is but you know temp country temper temper neo for the uninitiated (laughs) but you you know do they make a a wine in the bosque region i don't know i bet that may be a different a different grape but you know temper neo i mean grenache rides so well with temper neo you know like who would you like great 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 grenache and temper neo you know, driver, shotgun. Right, right. Re- really great. Right. There are other right. grapes in there that were Graciano and whatnot. But, um, what, so one of the things, again, not to, but it's worth going and, and watching this video. It's on Facebook, the, the Rowan Rangers thing I did last night. And one, one of the producers, I think from Oregon, um, like, uh, uh, Southern Oregon was talking about they're using, Spanish clones like Rioja clones of Grenache and then maybe it's, uh, Casey Gribble popped into the comments and I think it's like clone 512 or something it's it's the Rioja Grenache clone um, 
now I'm totally intrigued. You know, we were mostly here, you know, with the Tablas, the Alban, um, and then like the local heritage clones. But um, have you have you played with any of that? Do you know if anybody's doing that down there? Uh, Five twelve. I'm not familiar with. We initially it was three six two at dinner. Uh, which is an Alban clone, right? I don't know. I don't Australia think so. Okay. Uh, John wouldn't say that. Um, and then James Berry's like clone one, uh, you know, some of those right. earlier, earlier mid to late eighties plantings. Uh, but we have, we have the Garnacha clone, which is eight fourteen, Okay. Which is fairly tannic. Okay. And then we have three, six, two planted. I have worked with one thirty six, but we never got enough fruit to really get an idea of what it's going to do. It would be like a box and a half. and So this is our, this is a Garnacha clone, though? At least some of it? Uh, half of it is half Garnacha it is clone. That, that tannic? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's at, it, again, tension and just like the beautiful fruit, like, and so expressive. It's got great purity. Yeah. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's been in bottle two months. Yeah. I mean, it went in bottle yeah. July 8th, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. a baby. It's just a yeah. baby. It's yeah. a baby. But. You know, I was tasting it in tank on, you know, I, I like it, but it really needs three to five years and then it'll get. Right, and we should plan on the, um, the 2031 episode with right. Chris so we can taste this at, at 10 years old. It's um, it's delicious um, and definitely a, a lay down or if you're impatient, a, a, a good decant. Splash the shit but, out of it. Yeah, totally. You're very positive about the future of the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> We've got five years in. Why not? 15, why not go for fifteen? Maybe. Who knows what it'll be like in ten years, man? Right. We'll just podcast directly to your brain, <laughs> we'll just, or just no microphones. Or, we just sit around and think at each other. Or and we it shows up in Brett George's ears in Milwaukee. <laughs> so hologram into your uh, living room or yeah, kitchen. Yeah, totally. It's funny, Brett George must have just landed because I got a his his ears are burning. I got a message from him. See, it's working already. Yeah. See. <laughs> hey, Chris, what's the story with the artwork on the front? It kind of reminds me of um, uh, there was a there's an artist who does mobile mobiles. Um, Calder. Calder it reminds me of a Calder. Thank you, Sam. But not John Calder. No. No. Alexander. No. Alexander, Alexander Calder. Calder. That's um. It does have a little Calder kind of. Doesn't it? My my wife, Joanne, yes. she does all of our label design, except for two labels, uh, the Rosé and the Soul. And I think that's uh, a bit of an inspiration from Jean Moreau. Okay. Yeah, um, there you go. And it, it was it's always been an interesting process as I'll make the wines, Joanne will taste them, and she'll be working on something and I'll go to bed. She, she likes to burn that midnight oil and I'll wake up earlier than she and you know hit return on her machine and it's a whole nother you know where i fell asleep and where she was when i wake up it's a whole nother thing on the screen she and, got those the artist hours and you're the farmer hours these days yeah i guess so um but when, when that showed up i was like that is so cool because it, it's, it's really very cool. it, it is very spanish Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, and you can look at this 13 label. It's a different label. You know, that label initially didn't have any buds on it. It was just sticks. And then it, the second rendition was just starting to bud and now it's leafing out. Hmm. But I think this is a cleaner package. Um, and thank you. I yeah. think uh, she really did a great job with that. 
Was that a Brett George question? No, no, no. no. He's just here. <laughs> no, I, 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 I. It's funny when you said Miro, I went and I looked at Kenwood had an artist series that Miro did, and I think I was putting the two of them together because they also had a Calder, mm. um, and so yeah, very cool. Nice. So I'll, I'll show you the prints. Well, the Maha is definitely different than the first hundred percent Grenache. They're both beautiful. Well, thank you. Um, the we, haven't, we haven't gotten to the Maha yet, right? We're getting there. So he, he may have. Well, he, he may John, have. No, John no. John may have went a little there. I, I'm I'm thinking of the other. Yeah, I poured it. Yep. Yeah, so will you? Um, but it's a different animal. While we're totally. there, yeah. why? While we're, I, I think sight and age. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Sight and age, good answer, for sure. Um, will you sort of break it down? what Maha is versus what Via Creek is. I know it's all sort of in the same. It's, it's under the cherry family the, wines the umbrella, ch cherry family wine, an international symbol of quality. Well, but it was a historical <laughs> thing, I right? Like that. <laughs> right. I mean, Villa Creek was first, right. And Maha is, has become Just the estate is fruit. What's become. Yes. And yes. yes. Um, so right now the Maha state is, um, is a 60 acre parcel that we had the opportunity to purchase in 2003. And um, it's 14 miles from the ocean, 14 and a half. Elevations are 15 to 1800 feet. Soils are limestone, clay over, clay over limestone. And the Maha brand is exclusively an estate project. Got it. Uh, Maha fruit is about half of what we produce or ferment in a given vintage for the last few years. And so there's there's always a pretty good chunk of Maha in the Via Creek wines. As we grow the, the Maha brand, we'll be able to do so. But uh, as we all know here at this table, you never want your, you always want your demand to exceed your uh, supply. You know, it's, it's one of those like, okay, where does this 50 cases go? We're two vintages deep. And, you know, years ago, I think when, when Facebook really kind of came into play, the last place you want to pull your pants down is on the internet. <laughs> um, and there have been so many great examples of that, uh, per, not personally for me, but by people, but also in, in the world of online retail, right? Like, yes. Yes. Hey, wait a second. You were charging Basically, 50 bucks for this and now I can buy it from, you know, XYZ retailer online for 12. What's up? Yeah. 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 What's that? Um, what, what website is that? It shows wine. Which oh, one? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wine yeah, I, guess, I guess you're right. Yeah. I guess which one? You know, lot, yeah. lot 18. Yeah. yeah. Wines, wines until sold out. Wine spies, last bottle. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. And, you know the inherent catch 22 of the wine business which is you know you got to sell all your wine you have to have cash flow but you have to protect the brand you know, i think so keep your pants on on the internet for sure yeah um and i do, you know sometimes to the against the advice of the accountants and the bankers stay away from that stuff uh, protect the brand over <laughs> over yeah. cash flow and and uh, inventory every time i mean yeah. that's my I, that's I'm a big I'm a big advocate of that. We have a friend that used to work with uh, he worked with Vita, with Vuitton and then with Prada. And uh, Joanne asked him one day. He's like, she's like, what do you guys do with with 
out of season stuff. He's like, well, there's an email that goes out company wide. Any staff member can buy it for 75% off. The rest is disposed of, like trashed. Not trash, but just burnt, like burnt, burnt, shredded. Burnt, shredded. Yeah, crazy. Um, I mean, I always wonder, you know, whenever there's a big football game, basketball game, championship, and they print up those shirts, the, the game's over, and they're wearing the right. shirts that say the Warriors win. Right. Well, what happened to all the ones that say the Lakers win? Right. There's, right? A, there's, a, there's a village in... Some, somewhere. somewhere that they just got a box of donations and wouldn't you NFL. love to have a couple just one or two copies or one oh or that's two, the those stuff shirts. that like for sure ends up on you know ebay and the, the auction sites right. the, the losing teams right. championship shirt that never made it to you know never made it to the craig seager right. interview right but you're right they should be destroyed right like you one know. one of my favorite stories of that and it's such a it, it hits on so many levels um there's a clothing producer in Italy, Brunello Cuccinelli, which, you know, if you're looking for a, a down cashmere vest for 3,600 bucks, he's your guy. Totally my, he's your how guy. did you know? You've yeah. been looking at my search history. Yeah, I, I have been. When, when COVID came on, um, you know, after that, the winter release, he pulled back all of his product back to the factory, had it cleaned and then staff members uh, sewed in a specific little label and then it was dispersed around the world to families in need <laughs> and I think that is such an amazing one it's a great humanitarian move mm -hmm. it's an amazing marketing move <laughs> and you didn't compromise your brand nope. one bit yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but th that's a guy playing long ball right so this is long ball, right? It's, it is. The, I mean, the wine business is the definition of the long ball. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is. Because the only longer know, ball might be olives. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that's the the Phil Cotteri saying. That's not his saying, but the one he always says is that you plant grapes for your children and olive trees for your grandchildren. Right. So. Yeah. Maybe great grandchildren. And maybe great grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we our our Maha olive oil last year cost was a hundred bucks a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> What a pain in the ass, but it's good. Yeah. It is. They're the, beautiful trees, aren't they? Uh, you know, the most expensive way you can have olive oil in your kitchen is growing, is making your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank but God, Justin, you know the Justin, source. Justin Smith at Saxon, he, he had a bumper crop on one of his properties. And so now I just trade him lamb for olive oil. Well, there you go. It's a good like trade. Yeah, it's a good trade. I got a bunch of lamb. He's got a bunch of olive oil. Mm. So are the lamb working the vineyards? They are. We've. Uh, yeah, you got a whole. You got the sheepdogs. You got the whole thing going. We got the whole thing going. Yeah. And how's that going? It's. Uh, you know, lambs are a challenge. They're. Uh, they're. D they're dumb as lambs. Um, <laughs> they get through things. I hear. They. They can. Um, but uh, we like what they do. You know. Uh, I think you, if you haven't listened to Kelly Mel Mulville on the regenerative organics. Uh, podcast. He goes, he's a, down there at Picinus Ranch and they're doing like a five foot wire and they're grazing sheep year round. Constant, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and once again, looking back to move forward, uh, sheep have been in, in agricultural crops for centuries as far as um, creatures that mow and fertilize. Um, and then I just learned that their saliva actually helps to propagate seed. Interesting. Which kind of blew me away. Mm -hmm. You know, and sheep have become, I mean, this this year with, with all the rains that we had in California. It was the only, was the only way to mow. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, 
you could you couldn't go two or three posts on Instagram without seeing sheep in someone's vineyard. Yeah, uh, and that's fantastic. Um, well, it's just it, so it's smart to do. Yeah, I mean, but it's a lot of work. Um, it's a commitment. It is a commitment. Yeah, especially if you're doing what they call the heavy grazing, right? So you're constantly having to move them. But that's the most effective. That's, that's the only way. I mean, right? yeah. yeah. And, you know, it takes a, a fair amount of hours to to manage that movement. Um, and we've only, currently, we only have them in the vineyard when the vines are dormant. So as soon as stuff starts pushing, they're out. So right now, they're they're mowing the perimeter of the property, which would be what we used to um, disc for fire protection. So now we'll roll them through and mow, which is which is great because okay. we're we're on this no-till yeah. uh, train at the moment, and it's it's working well. Retaining your, your topsoil. No, I, um, I I love that uh, the Rossi Ranch is currently using you know had sheep in the vineyard pre you know pre-emergent before before bud break and now they're back for the next three weeks did he say pre-emergent he I did was, it was a <laughs> freudian slip freudian slip <laughs> um, and um no pre-emergent right, at rossi ranch right, right. No pre absolutely not but before the vines emerge there there, there you go uh and now they're doing the perimeter they're going through the grassland and the you know the chaparral the oak forest where it's you know you know, oil brush and, and, and poison oak. And they're going to go through that same sort of intensive grazing yeah. for two or three weeks. And it's the absolute best. It protects the crop and what crop protection protects yeah. the crop from, from fire, protects the property from fire. Great for those wild lands. Yeah. Um, I mean, a shout and, out to the Sonoma County parks for using it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's pretty pretty progressive yeah totally. it's super progressive and you know what what it does for for bringing back uh native flora is is super cool yeah yeah totally yeah. it's um it's the way it's definitely it's not the way but it's one of the it's pieces way. it's of the it's a piece of the way yeah um for everything so uh, you know on that note the next wine is called understory which <laughs> is a great kind of segue right yeah, um, this is um and this one this is not in a in a typical uh Rhone bottle if I'm not going to call it a burgundy ew, bottle I'm going to call ew. it a Rhone bottle. Well, you know, since it is Grenache day, we can this bash a, all those other varieties. Right. This is a Grenache is bottle. everything that right. Pinot Noir promises. <laughs> wow, you just took it up. Right. We 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 always say that Grenache is what Pinot wants to be when it grows up, but I, I like that even. Yeah, better. I think I'm gonna have to quote right. you on that. Yeah, that's Chris. I, I like that one. Well, um, yeah, so this Grenache, is we say Grenache delivers everything that Pinot Noir promises. Correct. All right. Perfect. Done. There's a new T-shirt. Right. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to get that T-shirt printed. Uh, we've got the 2020 understory. So this is now this is. I'm going to say Grenache leads at 34%. The remaining 33% are Morved and Carignan, all off the Maha. Couple different clones. Uh, spot of stems, not a lot. But we make two reds off the Maha and a white. So the two reds, understory and backlit, are we craft them on the concept of a yin and a yang. So a, a light and a dark, a fruit and a savory can't have one without the other half the property is planted to Grenache because we love Grenache 
Uh, so understory is pretty much always Grenache based. And then understory is that reference to everything that's happening below the vine, below the surface that, you know, back to one of those really cool movies that uh, fabulous, fantastic fungi is really an amazing um, journey into fungus and and all the benefits that it creates for everything which is something i don't think anyone at least i was never even on my radar um until learning how important fungus is yeah um to life the mycelium understory yeah the mycelium the soil the soil's understory right so this is um I'm super pleased with this. We were fortunate. This is, uh, you know, 2020 in Paso. Uh, people are chatting a lot about t smoke taint. Not as much as is up here. Um, we had an issue back in 2008. We grabbed some Carignan out of Mendo. And initially in the fermenter, it was amazing. It smelled like Pamplona chorizo. And buddy of mine's like, no, that's smoke tank. I'm like, you know what you're talking about. It's bullshit. But uh, I kept a barrel for 10 years and, th and that smoke tank never went away. Um, there are some sites, some grapes that that have some wines that are in bottle that have those challenges, but I'm not getting that no, I don't, at I, all. I think we, maybe we were a little early or a little, I don't know. We were, we were in a window. I wonder window. if just like your proximity to fresh air off the ocean that helped that. I, I don't keep know. Things, keep things clear. So someone's looking down on us. Yeah, I mean, I also think about that uh, to go along with what you're saying, Sam. Proximity and how far did the smoke come? Right, right, because the smoke is cleaning itself the whole way because it's stuff is dropping out of the ground. Yeah. Right, I mean, it's, it's dropping out as it travels, so right. um, it becomes less reactive. Right. In the words of a huge Grenache drum beater, Matt Garretson, if you don't like this wine. You're wrong. <laughs> He's right. He's right. You're wrong. He's no. I could be crazy. <laughs> now the the play of the of the Grenache with the Mavedra and the Carignan um, is just totally like inviting. You know, it invites you into the games that they're playing. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's if delicious. I if 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 I had one red wine to make that was a blend, um, it would be Grenache and Morved co-fermented. And that's not always an easy thing to do, just what, due to how they come off the vine. I got a bottle for you to taste. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll bring now, you a bottle. Now, that said, when I'm in a situation like this, I love to ask winemakers, and I'm going to ask Sam first, and then I'm going to ask Bart. You can make two wines. One's red, one's white, anywhere in the planet. Sam, what are you making? Um, coat roti. Sorry, Sir. sorry, Grenache Day. Uh, Syrah with some Viognier. Okay. Um, and uh, Grenache Blanc blend uh, from the north coast of California. Ooh, uh, nice. I mean, I think you know the 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 twenty one uh, Rossi homage Blanc that we made. That's. Uh, we lost the pulled the Marsan out or cut the Marsan over and added Claret. Um, I mean, I love the wines of Chat the white wines of Chateauneuf de Pop, but I like ours better. Um, I really like house I, taste. I, yeah, maybe it's house taste, but I, you know, it hits all the notes that yeah. I'm looking for in in a white yeah. in a white blend in a white wine period. 
Um, we we can get back to the whites of Chateauneuf. Bart, what, how about well, yourself? I, I mean, people would think I'm going to say Loire Shannon. Ooh. Hey, Bart, you make Shannon Blanc? And I'm, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to say, and I can actually picture it. There was this vineyard. We were in we were in um, Sancerre, and there was this vineyard uh, that was down on the hill. And I was like, oh, I'd love to make wine from that someday. So that would be my white. Sauvignon Blanc from Sancerre. Sauvignon Blanc from Sancerre. And I, and I think I'm going to go with something like... Um, Gigandas. Gigandas. Would be my, like, because that was one of the first wines from the Rhone that I had a concept that it was from the Rhone. Like, I'm sure I drank those bottles, but it was when the girl and the fig was in Glen Ellen. Mm. And my friend Nils and I would go there and, and have dinner on our way home. And that's what we would drink. There was a bottle of Gigandas that we would drink all the time. When, do you remember the producer? I have no idea. No clue. Maybe I'll ask John Toolsy tonight. And they can let me John know. right now. Santa yeah. Duke. Yeah. Maybe St. Combe. I mean, this would have been. Yeah, it could be St. Combe. Yeah. John's not going to remember. Maybe John John's remember. not going to remember. Sandra will remember. Yeah. yeah. But she's traveling. What? Well, that or her AI is. It, it appears that she's like somewhere in the North Seas. Or that's Fantastic. where she is in the, uh, in, in the metaverse today. Right. Shout out Sandra Bernstein, who is the, the Sonoma's queen of the Rhones. Oh, so she's, the, she's the, what, what an advocate yeah. for Rhone varieties. Yeah, you know, and this, maybe, and I don't know what the wine list was at Via Creek in the early days, but um, the bubble of Grenache and Rhones that we get to enjoy in Sonoma and the success that we enjoy making and selling those wines all goes back to the girl in the fig and their wine totally. list. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. You know, and she and, she and John have been dancing together <clears throat> for a long time and yeah he i mean he's he's a great personality they're down for hdr um hdr question oh i know where you're going oh, oh, can you say walla walla we, we <laughs> that morning uh rented a mansion on airbnb in downtown walla walla um will you be there and in the mansion and well at least in the town and I don't know what the bedroom situation. Me, are you asking me to be your valet? Uh, how about uh, <laughs> how about Sunday morning bubbles and bivalves in the backyard oh, of the mansion? Dude, we we got to do a bubbles and bivalves, walla walla. Because if you know, there's great things at Hospice to Run, and I love the seminars and the tastings. Like with anything, the best stuff is the things that are not on the official schedule. The extracurricular <laughs> activities. activities that make the rest of it so difficult. That Saxon to, to cave opener. And oh my God. One of the greatest parties I've ever been to in my entire life. hundred percent. Like hands down. The only problem with that is it's like speed dating. Like, oh, I don't know. Do I do the Alamond or the, <laughs> right. or the shop? Oh, actually, I'm going to do them both. And then, uh, oh, there's a crystal bottle opening. Sure. Stick your glass out. Get a dirty look, but hopefully it gets filled. Yeah. No, that is, um, that was a wild. I think that was a wild night. I, I think we can. The make, harpists playing from the catwalk, oh, the whole thing. Yeah. I think we can make that happen. That'd be cool. I think a bubbles and bivalves, walla walla. Bubbles yeah. and bivalves, bubbles and bivalves, bala bala. And we get uh, we we get that that bionic frog to break out a bunch of mags of his uh, oh, of his bubbles. The bionic yeah. frog. That's, yeah, that Christoph Barron. I mean, he's he's quite a character. He's. I mean, he's doing some great things there, as are many people. I mean, the the, the region's got a profile, yeah. Uh, and that's really, you know, you you can't put your nose in in one of those Rhone 
A rock Syrah and is a rock Syrah. Is a rock yeah. Syrah. That's, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I think it'd be great. There, I've been up there. Joanne and I were up there back in 15, spent a day with Christoph, met some other folks. Um, you know, Dave Wanick. Dave's got uh, the Walla Walla Land Company. He's, okay. he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's purchased a bunch of properties. He's farming right. Uh, there's some really cool shit happening. Yeah. And, and the, co the cost of entry in Walla Walla is not the cost of entry in Sonoma or Paso or what, whatever that might be. You know, it's right. easy. It's easier to get in. Right. And that's that brings a whole nother uh, attitude as far as the Vigneron. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to get up there. And, uh, you know, I love shout out to friend of the pod, the Del, you know, Brooke Delmas, yep. Robertson. Oh, yeah, they were fun. Um, you know, I went up and did a Syrah um, conference last summer. And just you know, there's great people, great wines. Um, you know, the Valdemar stayed the 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 influx of um, you know European action there. Um, you know, the Valdemar, great Spanish wine right. wine producer, has a beautiful winery and, and growing things, planting things. Um, it's fun. So you know, and, and sure, Christoph um, sort of cracked the ice on it, um, but everybody else is sort of following suit, and there's great wines. So. Um, I am excited. I am, you know, I, I, I'm going to miss uh, turning around and walking out of the Pine Street Bar because it's because uh, it's karaoke night. Um, Just think, you know. there's there's one bad decision you won't have to make. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think we knew that last year. We still did it. I, I you did. You I, bailed. I bailed because, Quick. and not yeah. because of the bar, because I honestly like karaoke is is my least favorite thing on the planet. Like I, I, we didn't I, stay long. Well, I don't want to hear people who can't sing songs. I don't want to hear. <laughs> like Sam Katuri, Stony End, come on up. I did Friend of the Devil once, um, and karaoke, my only karaoke appearance, and I have no recollection. And fortunately, it was before a time when. Um, Video cameras no, were no in tape. pockets. Yeah, no. But I think uh, you've actually pulled me in. I'm in. Okay. Bubbles and bivalves vi at the mansion. At the mansion. Is this like the Playboy Mansion? Is it going to be uh, like uh, that? It's not going to start like that, but it might instead of bunnies, like we'll that. have frogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Playboy frogs. The Walla Walla frogs. <laughs> Well, Sounds we might fun have Gangloth and, and Quiron and yeah. Gaillard there, so there'll be plenty of frogs in the house. So, so Chris, I'm going to try to glean a little winemaking out of you. Carignan. Yes. How do you treat Carignan? What do you? What do you? What are some of its pitfalls? What are the things you like about it? I may have fallen into a little bit of Carignan this year for the first time. I think mm. Carignan's great. Um, if if. I mean, how many HDR references have I made? It was um, it was probably 2007. Eric Solomon did a Priorat seminar with uh, Esther Neem and oh my gosh, why have this is this is bad? Um, Chloe Erasmus, um, Eric's wife. Why have I missed? I can't. I'm brain farting. Long term. That's all right. Is that what it Short -term is? Short term memory loss. We'll put it in but the it, show. But it notes. was it was thanks. It, it was a, I'll get it. Daphne Glorian. Okay. An amazing Congrats. dynamic person. Um, great wines, and it was like holy shit! What are these wines? Like so many HDR seminars, I've like group blinded by the whites. Holy shit! What are these wines? Never had these. Um, 
And that got me thinking, you know, we're in a region that's kind of like Priorat, um, Grenache-based, Syrah, Merlot Cab, Carignan. And I, I went, I'm like, hmm, Carignan, Carignan. There's no cab in Carignan back then. Uh, my first call was to um, Heath Dolan. He's like, I, all of our Carignan's not locked up, knocked up. I called Ron Peretti. Uh, who was still at Rosenblum. I'm like, I'm looking for some Carignan. He's like, I think we can find you some Carignan. So we had to go to Mendo for Carignan and went to uh, Darren Colombini's ranch, old vines, uh, dry farmed, got fruit from there for three years, never hit the pick. You know, we, we had to get boxes up. We, we never hit the pick. How can you hit a pick on a vineyard that you only look at once a year? Yeah. It just doesn't it's happen. 800 miles away from you. So when we had or the opportunity to plant the Maha, we planted it with Carignan. And then we were in Priorat in 18, and that further confirmed that because Carignan and Priorat is the lower alcohol ripener to Grenache. Initially, when we planted the Maha, it was to make one wine. So Grenache for fruit, spice, aromatics, Morved for base and, you know, a darker profile. And then Carignan for that kind of rustic floral component. And I, I really like Carignan. And, and we, our Carignan ripens 23, 24 bricks mm -hmm. and has great color it's got good acid and it's it plays well with with Grenache and Morved cool. do you only use the carry-on for blending yeah at this point we do we only have an acre and a half of it um, we did a varietal Carignan out of Mendo back in 09 and that uh, must have been good it, it was it was well it was I mean, it, like it was good and then it was a, a train lot. wreck and then when we put all the barrels together it became good again like it was crazy. There were a few barrels that were just like shit. Like the VA had to have been, I don't know, Came high. From, right. Um, but then it went into tank. I'm like, where'd all that VA go? And then, you know, it was 14 and a half alcohol and the VA was in check and we bottled it up, but it was, it was 09 Carignan. It was four years in a hundred percent new Hungarian oak barriques. Whoa. Um, and I had three people last week, like, when are you going to make another Carignan? I, I don't know. But I do know that when we do make it, it will be called Carignan, my wayward son. Uh, excellent. <laughs> um, it's interesting. You never hear dad about jokes. wine dad jokes. <laughs> wine you never hear jokes. about Hungarian oak. You always hear about French oak. Um, you oh, know, I've oh, heard I've heard Peter Molnar talk uh, of uh, what's his what, Cadar. Obsidian Ridge. Yeah, Obsidian. Yeah, that's it. And Poseidon. Uh, talking about the, you know, the actual uh, biology and structure of the Hungarian oak is much tighter um, than the French oak, and it doesn't impart as quite as much flavor. Is this something you found? Uh, absolutely. And and to to have that conversation and glean that information from Peter Molnar who is possibly the most interesting man in the world. Um, great guy. It's fantastic. I mean, he is such a wonderful human. He's got so much knowledge on this topic. 
uh, and Kadar is our sole Hungarian producer. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. So when we say that, we you know we joke around the cellar like this is Hungarian wood, but it's it's well Hungarian. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and we use it a yeah. lot. Wine dad jokes. <laughs> Any paprika in the wine? <laughs> well, <laughs> I sh um, but what we do. Um, we use more Hungarian oak now on white wine than red wine. For for red wine historically, um, it brought this kind of baking spice espresso bean component to the table. But uh, I had the opportunity to go to Hungary with Peter and Kadar uh, and meet his team, Andras, who runs the the cooperage, and we're tasting these ferments. Ah. And I was like, you know, snappy white wine out of out of Hungary that's dry. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Neutral barrel? They're like, no, new barrel. I'm like, no. They're like, come on back. Let's do this again. You know, new barrel. And I think it was one of those light bulb situations for me. Like, good high acid white fruit can handle wood. Like, it, it can absorb it. It, it And it, it, who knows what it is, but... Uh, we, we use a fair amount of uh, Hungarian oak, mainly on white wines. We bought a, a 12 hectoliter cask um, in 21 that we aged our Maha White, which is 100% claret in exclusively. And people are like, how much new wood on this? I'm like, 100%. Uh, uh, and they're like, no way. So, you know, some- That must be the way wine that when you showed up and Jasmine goes, did you bring any of the white wine? Right, right. That's what she was talking and, about. And it was actually Brian told her to say that. And right. I did. Because Brian is here for your claret. Right. right. <laughs> no matter where it is or where you are or where who you are, if you have claret, claret yeah. Brian's there for you. I know, oh, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've been so flattered by many winemakers. I mean, the claret at the Maha does well. It's happy. Um, and, you know, lots of people that I respect are like dude this thing crushes it so i'm i'm you know farm the best food possible and just kind of get out of the way and and let all the winemakers drink it up and buy it up and then you don't have to sell it to regular people and explain to and they can beat the drum <laughs> yeah exactly right so cool it's good um, what else so um are you doing anything new this year anything you're excited about well actually now that you mention it, we're going to do, um, we had a, a friend who was getting rid of uh, a bunch of pneumatic pumps. And so we're going to use one of those and we're going to play with, historically, it was three punch downs a day and you're working on 48S boxes. Right now we ferment predominantly in 40 hectoliter concrete tanks and stainless then we have uh, like a half a dozen trans stores. And, but what we've really been working on, especially with Grenache, is, is backing off on our extraction. You know, we don't want that. We've got acid and tannin, and acid and tannin together, they don't do well. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have acid, get tannin. Right. And if you've got tannin, just back off on the acid. So Joel Crosby, who is, uh, he works for Carlson, amongst a few and is a consultant in his own right um he's a great guy he's he's he, he's always one of those people like here come by taste these wines in tank what do you think 
Uh, he's a great sounding board. <clears throat> so we're going to take one of our concrete tanks and we're going to, uh, we're going to do like, I don't know, 10 pump overs a day for two minutes and see how that works. You're gonna like take one of your pumps and dedicate it to it? Yeah, so we've got one of these pneumatic, yep. yeah. and that's just gonna be for that. Yeah. Um, usually as far as fermentation management. Basically just keeping the cap wet. Keeping the cap wet. Are, and you, then, gonna, are you gonna be able to um, do a side-by-side -side with it? We'll see what the crop looks like. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, can't answer uh, that. Best, inten yeah. best intentions. Can't answer right? that. Yeah, you know we do we do sixty tons. You know those yeah. those know, side by you. sides can be a real. Yeah, sorry, yeah. didn't Buzz happen. Yeah. But um, you know, well, as far as like fermentation management, we'll come in the morning, have a coffee, go poo poo. Um, then we'll taste in the life of the winemaker. <laughs> then we'll taste all the fruit. We'll make a we'll edit that part out. We'll, yeah, right. We'll, we'll make a decision on what we're gonna do, as far as uh, you know, pump over, full pump over, punch down, and then after lunch we'll go back and we'll taste again and decide. But uh, we're really working. There's not there's not a lot of extraction going on. Right. You know, there are there are a lot of our friends uh, in Paso, Napa, Sonoma. You know, it's all like let's ferment it hot and fast. Let's get everything out of it early, not extract any tannin. Right. Uh, it's just a different model. Right. It's not a right model or a wrong model. It's just a different model. Yeah. Um, so we want to see how that works. Yeah, good. Can't wait to hear. Yeah, totally. Excited Can't wait to hear. The, All right. Beautiful micro, selection of wines this morning. Really nice. Right. Yeah. They're micro pump overs. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Cody does his um, summer and, his, and Ridge did it for years, right? The submerged, the submerged cap, the submerged cap, you know, yeah. kind of the same idea, you know, keep it closed up and just let it extract. Yeah. Um, Slow. Yeah. And that all came out of Oz, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, I know Ridge did it for years and then, but nobody ever knew how they did it. And then Cody had something built. Cody sort of reverse engineered it. You know, those head down boards, there's a lot of pressure on that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's fun, you know, we've, we make a, another Grenache called Soul, which is 100% carbonic Grenache, all Maha fruit. You know, we, we sort it, we, we drop it into a trans store and, uh, you know, we purge it with a fair amount of dry ice, put the lid on it, go back to it in two weeks. A little carbonic action. Yeah, and then dig it out, which is a bitch. Put um, in turns or four. Squeeze it and then ferment it finish the fermentation in tank right and usually that that fruit is you know 26 to 27 bricks so we have to get that number right and then pre-squeezing it we'll water it back to hit a number that we mm. think is is palatable it's, you know two of three years we've nailed it um, one year was we didn't hit our target but um, the wine's still just delicious like chilled red wine on days like this, duh. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's always, it's, I have a friend that was Adam who was running the wine program at BLT Steak or BLT, is it BLT? Who's uh, Mina's restaurant at the Levi Stadium? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bur is it a bourbon steak? It's bourbon steak. Yeah, yeah. He had a server walk up and say, hey, I've got a group of gentlemen that want to, uh, want a wine pairing with their oysters. And uh, he walks up and gentlemen, you guys want some oysters? Yeah. And a white and a wine to go in a wine, not a white wine to go with it. They're like, oh yeah. He's like, I've got this beautiful aged muscadet, or uh, a fresh, snappy, super high tension Chablis. 
And the guy kind of slaps him on the shoulder. He's like, no man, Cabernet. He's like, ah, my mistake. You guys want to go with the uh, special selection or the insignia? Right. <laughs> Let's do a couple bottles of insignia. Yeah, absolutely. We'll make that happen. Perfect pairing. Perfect. Says the sommelier. Yeah. Muscadet? Is He's, that like a, oh, a no. muscadet? Musk, yeah, yeah. Nobody so, knows us. You know, and at the end of the day, enjoy what you're drinking. Totally. Yeah. You can eat. Yeah. Anything are you, you want, are you eating fish you with white wine right. or red wine? Yeah, who cares? Right. Are you put? Are, are you oh putting, my God, no. John, are you putting ice cubes in your rosé? Yeah, it's a hundred degrees out. <laughs> Trying to keep it cold, man. That's right. Yeah. So, at the end, drink, what you, like. drink what you like. Drink what you like. Drink what you like. Eat what you like. That's the best pairing. You know, Food you like we won't judge you. Like. you. We judged you years ago. Right, right, right. <laughs> We're moved, we'll talk, we've moved on. We'll talk about you after you leave. <laughs> so, Chris, you have a really busy weekend here in town. I do. I, do. I, uh, I, I, I can't say that it has... Here come the dogs. Wow. It sure has started Kirk. better. Watch your knees. Hounds. <laughs> you know what they say. Cry havoc. It reminds me of Release the dogs of war. That scene in the Christmas movie where the dogs all run into the kitchen and take the turkey and, uh, you know, it's Back to completely out of control. <laughs> curry and cash together man rolled off a tour bus and into the tasting house right exactly that's a good thing and it's like thank you very much his experiences yeah i don't think he's there yet i talked to him this morning i don't think there's any explanations i think the experiences are still happening (laughs) wow so what am i doing yeah well my, my weekend has started off couldn't have started off any better than to sit here for a couple of hours <laughs> and drink some really good wine and bullshit with you guys. Um, we do. We are that's full the, of shit. That's, that's for the sure. brand, right. man. Um, As brand. I think it says, whole of shit. So from here, uh, Joanne and I are going to go to the uh, 50th anniversary of CCOF. There's a, um, an event and meal and farm tour over at Sonoma Hills Farm. Sonoma Hills Farm, which oh, is organic. Uh, is that called an organic cannabis farm? Well, Organically think, practicing cannabis farm? Yeah, I think what's there's uh, California Green. Uh, I yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. working. Okay. I think so. Basically, it's at a cannabis farm, which will when be. You, when you see the road, you'll understand why there's you couldn't find it on a map. Okay. Well, I, you know, I don't know many pot farmers that put their address on, on Google. It's legal. It's legal. It's legal. Yes. Um, Yet. So we're going to do that. And then. Uh, we got on uh, we got on the VIP list for an event at Girl in the Fig tonight, which I hear is lining up to be a stellar event. Monumental. Monumental. Yep, yep. Grenache from all over the world, from many different vintages. Um, then we're going to go to sleep. and uh, Amazing. Right? Why? Uh, I set up a, a tour at 10 Lemons Place at Literai. Nice. Out uh, Occidental Way tomorrow. Tell nice. Come on the podcast. Yeah, tell them we want to have them on the show. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I've heard a handful of friends that have uh, toured Literai. Uh, Trey Fletcher was there for a number of years, and I've really wanted to go there. So we're going to do that. Make and sure you then... taste the Shannon. Oh, I like Shannon. Yeah. I... Ask him if you can taste the Shannon. I will ask him if I can taste the Shannon. You know, Bart makes Shannon. Yeah. I hear, I've heard that Bart yeah, makes I know, Shannon. I had no idea. And no then um, we're going to head over the hill. How long is that going to last? And Forever? Until 2031. <laughs> um, 
and uh, our friends Jeff, Jeff and Caroline Smith at Hourglass. Yes. They have a party called Maybon mm -hmm. that hasn't happened since 18. And uh, we're going to whoop it up over there. Awesome. He's Jeff's Jeff's playing. Jeff's a musician, uh, yeah. quite accomplished. He's got some DJ in for the last set uh, from France, so we'll definitely get a little, oomph, a little oomph, house oomph music. In. Yeah, the Tony Biaggi joint. Yeah. That's a Tony. It's a, we refer to him as the Oso de Oro. <laughs> um, it is a Tony Biaggi joint, and and talk about a funny, haha, and peculiar guy. Uh, Tony the Tornado. Tony the Tornado. Oh, we, I've we not heard a, that. We had him on the show, or, or also He's the so Tasmanian Devil. Um, right. Sh one of the first, like, big name Napa, call him a Napa winemaker, that we had on the show. <laughs> and we were all stoked. He shows up here. He had ripped his shorts in the vineyard on his way to come to the podcast. And literally is wearing a pair of shorts that have a hole in it from the belt to the cuff. Uh -huh. And his giant dog slobbering everywhere. And he just he did down. say dog, right? His giant dog. dog. Yes. Yes. Okay. Slobber, it was a slobber show. <laughs> no, there was nothing else. I no, just, I just no, want to make no, sure no. I heard dog. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Not dog. No, no eyes were Not burned dog. in the process. Yes. He um, kept his pants on on yeah. the internet. But they were hanging on. They were by a thread. You know, Tony, Tony Scott... Um, Tony's doing some consulting in Paso, but Tony okay. actually has has put a stake in the ground in Paso. He's what? Uh, yeah, he's got a vineyard planted. Uh, west West. <laughs> what's it, what's he planting? Uh, Rones, oh, Grenache, yeah. Syrah, Morved, Carignan. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they got a little claret in the ground. So is it is it West Side? It's West Side. It's just off of Vine, South Vine, so okay. it's kind of just on the edge of the West Side. Right. Yeah. Now, is that sort of like where? towards epic and is that oh uh, more more like downtown paso okay. just on yeah. the edge of downtown paso yeah vines i've ridden my bike on vine before it's and you ride a like, bike yeah you gotta yeah, come down with a body like ride. this yeah i ride a bike well tony too tony's yeah. kind of a beast on a bike yeah the golden but, but it, it'd the be south bear. it would be south paso right it, vine? it, 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 it would be south paso. vine it's, south it's vine. paso yeah, okay like it's it's no, I know. two blocks um, south of First Street. Yeah. Chris, okay. uh, I didn't know where it is. yes, John. Bart is an incredible bicyclist. Is he? He, he, does, he does these long rides, a couple hundred, 300 miles. Road, gravel, chef cycle. For chef, no, chef cycle. I, 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 no kid yeah, hungry. I'm a very slow rider, but I've been doing a charity ride the past few years called Chef Cycle. And so we do. You'd mention that. We do uh, 100 miles a day for three days, and it's all for raising money for uh, feeding kids. That's fantastic. You want to ride next year? Uh, if the if this if it worked if yeah. the dates work if the dates work I'll, I'll send you the information. I look forward. There's to a little that. bit of fundraising that goes on and a whole bunch of fun. Um, it's chefs from all over the country Jeez. come to Santa Rosa. We stay at the uh, Flamingo, the old Flamingo Hotel, Stop Some, it. somewhat iconic. Um, and yeah, three different rides all through Sonoma County. Do you know they Scott Nickel, founder of Ibis? I, you know what? I've met Scott Nickel. Scott Nickel is an is a beast on a bicycle and an absolute gourmand. Yes. Let's get him in the mix. Because okay. the, the bike talent that he can pull in, along with the winery talent, you know, he, he enjoys his roans. Yeah. I mean, I'll put it. So, and Scott lives in Santa Rosa. Okay. Scott and so, Carol. So Chris Constantino, when he, he's huge into this. When Chris rides, he rides from San Francisco to Santa Rosa. Then he rides the next three days, and then he rides home. And then he rides home. So there's plenty of beasts, 
And then there's plenty of people like me that kind of hang I don't know if the there's middle. enough D's nuts in the tube for me to do 100 miles a day. I am totally bailed. <laughs> You can e-bike it. E-bike it, Sam. There's support. There's support. Yeah. I'll send you the info. We're always looking for new people. And I, I, you know, feeding kids. Hanging out with all these chefs. It's really fun. It's, but, you know, we did an event years ago and the culture didn't align. And it was at that point, I'm like, we'll go out and we'll, we'll help you raise money. But the culture has to align. Right. You know, we do an event in Birmingham, Alabama, Tum Tum Tree. And it's uh, it's pediatric cancer research and care, um, you know. And there's nothing worse than that, right? Like you get this little you get this little kid, the instructions right first page, you know, this unit shall not predecease you, right? And that's uh, I don't I, I don't think there's anything worse yeah. to right. to have to uh, have endured that. But you know, we are humans and we are strong and. You know, there'll be one day when you wake up and that's not the first thing you think of. Yeah. But uh, on, a, on a lighter side, uh, cycling with food and, and wine. And have you ever done the bovine classic that's down your way? Uh, no, but uh, the Maha is a, is a, um, is a stop, is a, is a sag is. stop. Yep. Yeah. Um, Brian, who put that together, it happens to be the weekend that I'm in Birmingham for the event okay. that I was just speaking of. Yeah. So, so that's a great event. That's so, so, so yeah. So Brian, are... Brian rode support for us. Brian uh, or, Yates. For Brian Yates. Yeah. And I beast. rode. Uh, yes. He's and, a beast. And 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 I rode probably 25 or 30 miles with him, kind of coaxing me along. Um, incredible, like information and supportive inspirational yeah he's 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 a he's, he's an interesting guy. guy um loves that area down there yeah uh, but does. that ride this bovine classic they actually ride through vineyards like they get permission to go through right. people's properties it's, it's a cool loop it, cool. it's it like if we could ever think about something like that here in sonoma valley if we could never get people to open up their properties and right. let groups ride through We're lucky if they don't shoot at you i know yeah. i know but just, I think that's what, the difference. with all these hippies up here? Dude, you scratched my Tesla. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dad, just get in your other one. Hey, this this is a Tesla town, man. Wow. I just saw one pull out. Yeah, uh, that was my dad's. Yeah. Yeah. No. What can I, you say? I hope I see your dad tonight. Is he going to be out and about tonight? He is, uh, he's riding the bench right now. He's got a little back thing going oh. on. He's going to head down to Stanford. So if actually oh. as this probably drops he'll be uh recovering from a little back uh, procedure so uh healing thoughts to the old man seriously yep chris you know, you know the story tell uh, us how where, do you buy right be a creek and maha state wines well you don't because you're not on the list sucker no uh, well I, w- I would love to say that but uh Wherever you can find our wines is great. You can definitely buy our wines direct through us at viacreek.com. That's where both brands go. Um, We've got a bit of uh, representation up here in the North Coast. I bet you uh, Sandra's got some sleepers hiding, some older Via Creek wines in the cellar. But... uh, yeah, it's at this point the best place to find the wines is viacreek.com. We we don't make a lot of the Maha wines. We make 500 cases in total of the three wines, mainly a direct to consumer wine. But you know we're getting it out there. We want to be in in great restaurants that are culturally aligned and independent bottle shops. But cool. awesome. Thanks and for having me. Maha State on Instagram. Maha State on Instagram. Via Creek Sellers. 
we're working on uh, how we we dial that in but right. uh they there's both you know if we're doing one we tag the other but uh yeah fo follow us on yeah. those on that social media and uh si sign up for the mailing list i i greatly appreciate and can people visit when they see, come down there hell yeah, yeah they okay. can visit yeah C come go hang come out to, come to paso yeah. see what see what all the hubbub's about Feed the sheep Feed Feed the sheep <laughs> oh we have a petting zoo don't pet we don't have a train though <laughs> we're working on no we're not working on a train we make we grow grapes and make wine talk to john lassiter he's got a he's got a train oh, gotcha yeah. So. But gentlemen, thank you so much thank for, it was a blast. for for worth, having me here. Worth the wait, Chris. It was, uh, it it was, was worth it was the wait. Totally. Bart, shout outs. Birthday boy. Um, Happy uh, birthday, birthday, Bart. I am 58. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you look over sixty-three. I am the old man yeah. here, aren't yeah. I? Seventy-two. <laughs> exactly. Holy cow. Um, Sam, you're a kid. Yeah. Thanks. Shout outs. Uh, by this time, uh, my uh, my fall release would have gone out. And thank all of you who have ordered. And those of you who haven't ordered yet, you better hurry up and order. Curry's um, Curry's saying end this show so this we show, can go somewhere. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to shout out Valley Swim Club. Oh, uh, friends and family. Open? Friends and family is happening today. Soft opening this weekend. Grand opening coming. This is uh, our friends at Valley Bar and Bottle opening a, a clam shack at the what? Old, West uh, West Coast West, clam shack. West shack. Coast clam shack. Say that. Three Remember, times there's fast. no swimming. No swimming. Valley Swim Club, uh, former home of Delicious Dish and Rob's Rib Shack, uh, and the and the driving, driving range. range. I, I was hoping to grab a, uh, a a bite to go from Valley. I, my Would, friend Scott Schultz at Jolie Laid was saying it's one of the. It's, it's, the, it's killer. And killer. it's, what is it, three-minute walk from here? Yeah. yeah. So, if, I, and if, I will you stumble. You're probably late for the breakfast sandwich, but last Friday and this Friday, I went in there, got the, the breakfast sandwich. The bodega sandwich. egg and cheese. The bodega egg and cheese with bacon is unbelievable. Like, maybe one of the best things I've ever eaten Whoa. sort of thing. All right. Um, well, I got to try this now. Yeah. It's, this is epic. Oh, and great, we, great coffee. The, the, I was actually, I was uh, DMing with... Um, uh, Jessica will write will write for wine. She writes for the Chronicle. Jessica Landers. Jessica, Jessica Landers. Lander. And Lander. she was in Sonoma on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week and posted on Instagram that you know it was a perfect day in Sonoma except for Valley was closed. And it's yeah, the, the darkest days on the plaza are, are Tuesday and Wednesday when you can't go to Valley. Uh, and then and then Thursday morning rolls around and I can get a latte and everything. Well, we have the uh, young Ms. Lip on uh, radio Emma uh, Lip yes Emma, and uh, it was really interesting to talk She's to her rad. about the comment uh, you know this concept behind uh, this new crab shack and what they're going to do and what they're trying to do and of course about Valley too and they'll crush it how I'm sure hoping because I live about three I know it's the, the, the walkable valley is what I'm really looking for <laughs> exactly and, and I, I want to give a shout out here I'm circling back around because nothing makes my day than finishing with the mint which is going to be a white wine or champagne or beer this 19 rossi rancho mas blanc yes is banging thank you yeah we, we no this wine. no one no wonder you want to make white wine from here yeah it's got it's got great texture it's got great cut wow volcanic soil rossi ranch rolling hills a uh, couple hundred feet of elevation just a and and you know no brainer soil first farming 
Soil first Samuel, farming. Samuel, your shout out? That's a teacher. That was, that was my shout out. That's it? That was, no, the Maybe. shout out was Valley Code. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you, we John, got the wine club. We got the wine club rolling. Phil sent me. Uh, by this time, we've probably hit your credit card. And if we didn't, it's because it's expired and we need to update that. Uh, How's and, the reaction to the toys? Uh, uh, they're landing. What they're kind shipping. Of toys, Sam? I'll, I'll show you. Uh, it's gonna make every turntable uh, in the wine club. Oh, look I that saw much that. Cooler. Yeah, it's on mine. It's uh, on the old B and O. So man. that's that's the hint. Nice. Uh, Posted on Instagram. We can't see it. We can't wait to see it. Okay. All right, everybody. Chris, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, John. Beautiful day. Go to Paso. All right, yeah. man. Come to Paso. Drink more Maha. All right. Thanks Amen. for listening to everybody. And I just heard from Dave Hayes. And so hope you have a great weekend, David. And enjoy. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.